0: Good morning, peace be with you. We have some announcements uh, I'd like to draw your attention to. Uh, My personal favorite for today is a special treat that we're going to have ice cream after our service. Thank you, uh, Roger and Debbie, for that. And so uh, this is a good thing. Um, I'm all for it. So uh, thanks again, you guys, for making this a special day and the and special treat. And uh, there a couple other announcements. I want to thank Lee and Randy. Um, I think you two went alone, right, your spouses? Um, we had a wonderful visitation, and that was because of the efforts um, <clears throat> that Lee made in directing our uh offering for a month on a ministry that was for the Westminster PD And it was specific for their canine unit and we had a visitation by uh, Commander Gump um, Who Rosalie knows his mother <laughs> Yay, and she told him and I laughed at him. And I said, oh, you got to watch yourself people know you around here officer Hartman who is the handler for Uh, Paco, and then Paco was there, and he was delightful. You heard me tell a story. Well, Paco was uh, recognized and honored for his service, and he is retiring, probably has one more week left to go, rightly, and then he gets to live the rest of his days with the Hartman family, but there'll be a little difference than it used to be. I guess now he can be inside the quarters and doesn't have have a special kennel or anything like that. He's He always was part of the family, but now he truly is uh, living with them. Their service dogs, this particular dog, they kind of time out around 15, which is longer than an American German Shepherd because of the Big size that these American German Shepherds are—they wear out quick. So, Paco was delightful, and I want to thank you, Lee, and I want to thank you, Randy, for representing Reformation Lutheran Church at this—you know—really a wonderful celebration uh, of this uh, these officers uh, and, and this canine unit. And we—I think um, I heard that uh, Reformation Lutheran Church was mentioned for coming alongside and partnering with them. Is that right? Beautiful. So, thank you. Um, this is something that's that's on my heart, near and dear to my heart. I mean, I like dogs as much as the next guy. I mean, who doesn't? You know, dogs are great. But this dog, as they described, is a force multiplier. And by a force multiplier, not that he can go out and bite everybody, because he doesn't have a lot of bites And the number of years of service. It's, it's less than 10, and I think it's something like four or five or something like that. But when people see, people that are have intentions that aren't quite honorable, sometimes if they just see the the vehicle that says canine unit on it, they give up. And then sometimes they have to get the dog out, is what Hartman said. And they see the dog and they get out, they give up. And so this is a really big important thing because these are young men and young women and I just want to see them go home to their families. Because he has little ones, and and you know, it just it just touched my heart. So I'm grateful for you for coming alongside uh, the Westminster PD in in doing that. Now, on the side note, we've had some instances where we needed their assistance here on campus because of various things that could have been dangerous, and um, they sent the first time not one, not two, but three units here uh, to take care of something. And just uh, this last week. Um, A call was made, and they were here within five minutes with two units and taking care of of things that happened during the week that we're not really privy to. So I'm grateful, uh, again, to the PD and for you for your um, generosity. Last uh, uh, kind of business-type announcement, Um, our sister church, Victory Outreach, is going to start on some improvements that are going to happen on the other side of the Social Hall building, in that area that is gated off. They're going to do some re-landscaping. There. They're going to tear out the irrigation system, put drip systems. It's going to be kind of a desert type plant theme going around there. They're going to take out the grass. They're going to replace that with an area of like a, an astroturf but you, that's come a long way uh, from back in the day. And then there's going to be a cement area for uh, like a patio, and they're going to utilize that for their children's ministry and for a place for the kids to to play and it's safe and, and so forth. So uh, I guess what I'm saying is that's going to happen. Uh, excuse our mess, uh, you know, And but that's what they're going to do. And, and the thing is, it's not going to cost Reformation Lutheran Church assent. They're, they're financing this all by themselves. So um, please be prayerful about that and just to let you know that's what's going on. And then lastly, I want to read this to you um, from Jeremiah 1.5. Um, verse 5 said, and this is God speaking, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you, and I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And what this means is that before Jeremiah, the prophet, ever knew God, God knew Jeremiah. And it means before you and I knew God, God knew us. And before the foundations of the world were laid, Jeremiah was set apart to love and to serve God. And the same is true of you and of me. We know uh, in Scripture, and we're going to talk about this in the uh, sermon today, but before God had appointed the day of your birth, Jesus Christ had already made an appointment on the cross. And this appointment he would keep so that you and I can live a life that is worth living. That is a life with hope. And that hope is in the salvation that was earned by Christ and Him crucified. On Friday, we learned of one of the most historic rulings in the last 50 years by the United States Supreme Court as they overturned Roe versus Wade. And this is a giant step toward protecting life, particularly protecting the life of the unborn. It is a giant step toward honoring God and honoring the fact that God knows and God has purpose for each in every human being. And that is a purpose that God formed and God knew about before He laid the foundation of the world. So let us be clear. Let us be clear that overturning does not make abortion illegal. It simply puts authority to ban, to regulate, or promote abortion into the hands of individual states. And this will most certainly, and it has already, you know it, change the political landscape in an already deeply, deeply divided United States of America. So what do we do? Well, we humble ourselves and we pray. I need to say that this out loud, that this is not a time for us to be in your face. It is a time for us to be telling people and telling ourselves, it's a time to be in Your prayers. I ask that you pray and that you ask God to show us how to be part of a solution, to let us be about pointing towards the beautiful and succinct theology, pointing people to the beautiful, succinct theology of Christ, crucified for the forgiveness of sin for all who should believe. Amen? Let's get started, Tim. most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what you have done and by what you have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as you're called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority. I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Hallelujah. worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Hallelujah! Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation. Blessing and honor and glory and might the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast for victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Lord of all power and might, author and giver of all good things, graft into our hearts the love of your name and nourish us with all goodness that we may love and serve our neighbor. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated.
1: Good morning. The first reading is taken from the first book of Kings, chapter 19, verses 9 through 21. And this can be found on page 559 in the Pew Bible. First Kings 19, 9 through 21. And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, Go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazel, king over Aram, also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel, Maholah to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escape the sword of Hazel, and Elisha will put to death any who escape the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve seven thousand in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and whose mouths have not kissed him." So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the twelfth pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. We will read... Psalm 16 responsibly. It's printed on page 6 in the bulletin. Psalm 16. Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, You are my Lord. Apart from you I have no good thing. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night my heart instructs me. Keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in the presence, in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. The next reading is taken from the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 1, and 13 through 25. And this can be found on page 1815 in the Pew Bible. Galatians 5. 1 and 13 through 25. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command—love your neighbor as yourself. The acts of the flesh are obvious—sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Hallelujah, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning does come from St. Luke. It is chapter 9, verses 51 through 61, and can be found on page 1611 in your Pew Bible. Luke records, as the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem, and he sent messengers on ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. But the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. And when the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. And then he and his disciples went to another village. And as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, Foxes have dens. And birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. The first verse of today's gospel is an important turning point in the ministry of Jesus. It tells us that the time when Jesus not only taught, but he also focused on getting to Jerusalem. He focused on Jerusalem because he had an appointment, a very important appointment with a cross. And Jesus made this appointment in eternity before he even participated in the creation of the world. And we learn this from Paul when he wrote his letter to the Ephesians in Ephesians 1-4, if you're taking notes. Paul writes, God shows us in Christ before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. Now he also wrote, Paul that is, to a young pastor named Timothy. And he said in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9 he said he wrote God saved us and called us to a holy calling not because of our works but because of his own purpose and grace which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. And in addition, he began a letter to another young pastor named Titus with these these words to Titus. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth which accords with godliness in hope eternal, which God who never lies promised before the ages began. Now these Bible passages and others like them tell us that the Son of God made his appointment with the cross before the creation of the world. And indeed, God made the promise to save us before he even created time itself. And the fact that God already had a plan of salvation in place reminds us once again that God knew that we would sin before he even made us, yet while we were still sinners. And this means that God was not surprised when Adam and Eve sinned in Eden, and that the plan for saving Adam and Eve and all of humanity, saving them from sin, was already at work. And the Son of God had already made his appointment with the cross. So it is that the Son of God could speak to the serpent this day, in Genesis 3.15, he'd already made the appointment. He already knew how things would end up. And he said this to the serpent. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall, shall bruise his heel. And he could say this because he had already made his an appointment on the cross. The entire Old Testament points forward to the time when the Son of God would keep his appointment with the cross. And his appointment with the cross determined when the Son of God would take up his humanity. And this also happened right on schedule as the Bible says in Galatians 4, verses 4 through 5. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. He had a plan. And the Son of God took on human flesh in the womb of the Virgin Mary at exactly the right time. God is never late, not by By his time. And when he was born, they named him Jesus. And everything in Jesus' life happened at exactly the right time so that the Son of God, Jesus Christ, would keep that appointment with the cross. And eventually that appointment drew near, and Jesus had to focus on his journey from Galilee to that cross on Jerusalem. And as the beginning of today's gospel says, when the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. That explains the determination in today's gospel. It, if, if you will follow Jesus, now is the time. There is no time to deal with the things of this world. Now is the time to proclaim the kingdom of God. Now is the time to follow Jesus. Later, maybe too late. And the teaching and healing will go on during the journey, but the main goal of the journey is keeping the appointment with the cross. When Jesus set his face toward Jerusalem, he intended to go to Jerusalem straight through the south, through Samaria. And we read that he sent disciples ahead to make arrangements for that trip. But the Samaritans had a problem with the people who were traveling to Passover in Jerusalem. Why? Well, the Jews treated the Samaritans with a certain amount of arrogance and disdain. And the Samaritans got even With them by being uncooperative and even inhospitable. They made it fairly clear that Jesus and his disciples were not welcome. And they saw Jesus as just another Passover pilgrim who was trying to take a shortcut across their lawn, I mean, their land. Get off my lawn! And then we hear James and John. And they were upset with this village. And then they demonstrated their anger and their ignorance by suggesting that this village deserved destruction by divine fire from heaven. And once again, the disciples demonstrate their lack of understanding of Jesus and of his teachings. They wanted to be In your face and they should have humbled themselves and put them in their prayers and once again Jesus had to rebuke them and by the way it's possible that incidents like this shall we call down fire and broomstone and just totally nuke these guys Jesus it's possible that these little things these little help comments are what caused Jesus to give these two disciples the nickname of Sons of Thunder. It's possible. And this is the whole point. The whole point of Jesus' appointment with the cross. He was going to the cross so that we do not have to endure the fire that God could call down, rightfully could call down, the fire of God's punishment. And as we said earlier in the service, we are unworthy sinners when we said we have not loved you with our whole heart. Remember that? We are unworthy sinners. We do not deserve any of the blessings that God gives us. Instead, our sins have truly earned us the fire that James and John wanted to call down on the Samaritan village. And we not only deserve punishment here on earth, as we admit but we also deserve the eternal punishment of hell because of our sin. And God has every right to pour His wrath out on all humanity. And the Samaritan village deserved that wrath of God. They deserved that wrath of God. And James and John deserved the wrath of God. And you and I deserve the wrath of God. Thanks, thank you, Lord, that we don't get what we deserve sometimes. Amen? So Jesus kept his appointment with the cross so that we will not get what we deserve. Just as Jesus had mercy on the Samaritan village and on James and on John, he also has mercy on us. Jesus kept his appointment with the cross so that he could endure the wrath of God in our place. And Jesus lived a perfect life, a sinless and innocent life. And even so, he endured the emotional and the mental and the physical anguish that only a sinner deserves. And he endured the unjust trials, the torture of many varieties, and even death on a cross And as he hung on the cross, he experienced the greatest torture of all. The only clue that we have to the depth of that torture is in his cry of dereliction as he cried out with a loud voice, saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? His appointment with the cross was also an appointment with the forsakenness of God the Father, a forsakenness that we cannot understand, but we only can believe. In this forsakenness lay all the fire of God's wrath against our sin put upon his Son. In this forsakenness, Jesus endured God's wrath so that we, May live in God's eternal blessing. He got. Jesus got what we deserved. And Jesus had another appointment in Jerusalem. He had an appointment with an empty tomb. He had an appointment with the resurrection of his dead body into a body of immortal life. And his resurrection is the ultimate sign that he is our Savior that when he kept his appointment with the cross, he earned salvation for all humanity. And his resurrection offers resurrection and eternal life to all people in all times and in all places, even the womb. He earned resurrection and eternal life when he kept his appointment with the cross. And he certified that resurrection and eternal life with his own resurrection from the dead. The Holy Spirit now works to distribute the forgiveness of sins and life and salvation that Jesus earned when he had kept his appointment on the cross. And the Holy Spirit makes Christ's gifts available to all people. In fact, there is really only one way to lose out on those gifts. The only way to lose out on those gifts is to reject them. No, that's your way. That's your faith. It's good for you. I reject it. To reject the work of the Holy Spirit as he offers these gifts to you, is sin. This is the one and only sin that cannot be forgiven. It cannot be forgiven because it is the sin of rejecting God's forgiveness. God cries out, I have forgiveness for you from that appointment on that cross. And some would say, no, I'm good. That's the, in the crux, what blaspheming the Holy Spirit means. Rejecting the gift, it's as simple as that. Our Lord Jesus Christ has one more appointment to keep. He has promised that he will visibly return on the last day. And on that day, he will raise all the dead to immortality. And those those who rejected his gifts will be swept away to eternal punishment. And those who are left behind will enter with him into eternal blessing and eternal joy. In 2 Corinthians 6, 2, God says, in a favorable time, I listen to you and in a day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Do not reject Christ's gifts. Do not struggle against the work of the Holy Spirit. Instead, when the Holy Spirit places you in Christ by faith, simply remain there. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly that you may receive that eternal blessings that Jesus earned for you when he kept his appointment on the cross. In the name of Jesus, amen.
2: Every time I try to make it on my own, every time I try to stay, I start to fall. And all those only roads that I've traveled on, they were cheap. When the life I built came crashing to the ground And when the friends I of the air.
0: Please stand if you're able. Let us together confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page three of your bulletin. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
3: Please be alert and know that the triune God is in the sanctuary right now. He hears the words I wrote, and the Holy Spirit perfects them. He hears your thoughts and knows your prayers. As a family in Jesus Christ, let us pray. Dear Lord, God Almighty and Heavenly Father, we gather this morning as one, wherever we are, to praise your holy name. Heavenly Father, thank you for everything—our lives, our families, our friends, our nation, and all the blessings we realize and those we do not. Thank you especially for the sacrifice of your only Son, Jesus, for the forgiveness of all of our sins known and not known throughout our lives, and the promise of eternal life with you when our time on earth is complete. Lord, you know the troubles we face and the evil that has been let loose around us. We worry for our nation and the safety of our families and neighbors. Daily news is terrible and we can see evil everywhere. We anxiously await your involvement in the conduct of our lives to correct the acts of those bringing harm to others. We do know that you are involved in all that we do but our personal sin blinds us to your actions. We ask that you would open the eyes of everyone to see your sovereign and limitless power over our lives and all creation, including Satan and his demons. Holy Spirit, we ask you to remind us in our hearts and minds that our parents and grandparents went through two lengthy world wars and the Great Depression without losing faith or hope in your saving grace. Likewise, we pray that you would lead us through the evil of our generations that started in the 1960s with the violence and anarchy of the atheist Students for a Democratic Society and Weather Underground terrorists. Please provide us with the resolve and wisdom to trust that you will protect all who remain faithful to you and help us to continue to speak your truth to all who would hear and be saved. Guide us to stand firm against those spewing violence and destruction in our daily lives. Holy Father, we thank you for mild weather around us and pray that you would moderate the weather where it is extreme in other parts of our country. We ask that you would send rain where it is needed and hold it back where it has become destructive. God Almighty, we continue to pray for the health and safety of our friends, families, and loved ones. Please shield us all from disease, and if we do become ill, we pray for quick healing and a strong recovery. We thank you for those you have healed already, and we know that it is by your hand that healing comes. We also pray for those who are lonely, distraught, fearful, in despair, or frustrated and angry, especially in our youth who haven't been taught that life's troubles are temporary. Please help us bring hope for the future to our younger generations and help us model proper Christian behavior for their benefit. We pray for the safety of our military members, police, firefighters, and medical professionals. Thank you for encouraging everyone who is called to serve others before themselves. Please shield all of them from harm. Holy Father, we pray for safe travels for those venturing away from home, and we give you thanks for those who have already traveled and returned to us safely. Holy Spirit, please strengthen us in faith in Jesus' saving grace. Please guide the minds and decisions of those whom we have elected in our government to lead us. Please grant them wisdom where it is lacking and comfort our hearts and minds with the knowledge that nothing happens in our daily lives that isn't in accordance with your will, and that your will is always focused on good in your time, not ours. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Will you pray with me? O oh Lord, our God, maker of all things, through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. who on this day overcame death and the grave and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks, and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks, and then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood. Shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Does anyone like appointments? Sometimes they're nice, right? Yeah, I you know, they're kind of stressful and all that stuff. Um, well, you have an appointment right now, appointment to meet Jesus at this rail, an appointment to receive grace upon grace through his body and his blood, broken and shed for you. And this gives us peace, because there's another appointment that none of us will be late for, and that'll be the appointment when we go home to see Jesus. And this assures us that even though that appointment may be earlier or later or whenever when, than what we prefer, we're not going to be late. But when we get there to that appointment, it's going to be glorious because that's his promise. And this is a deposit on that, and this is an assurance of that. May it give you peace and joy knowing that he did what he needed to do at his appointment on that cross for you. If your confession is Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, and I heard you confess it, then come. The table is prepared. The ushers will bring you forward. God's grace, the Holy Spirit, empowers us to be able to refrain from calling down fire and brimstone upon those we think are less than. It helps us refrain from being in your face to having them in your prayers. Thank you, Jesus, for that. And now, the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.
4: What is our